Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Stripped by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia, aka Kimchi on stage. If you're listening, you can find me on stage at Shake the Show Lounge in March. That's the earliest booking I have because I'm very busy for the next month and a bit. Um, and I am also a digital content creator, so you can also find me online on my OnlyFans. Uh, sometimes I stream online as well on my Instagram, non-nude things. And also I was a former sugar baby many moons ago. And I started this podcast a couple years ago because I want to help destigmatize sex work. And by doing so, I am bringing on a different guest every single week to tackle different forms and different corners on the sex work industry. Um, not just performers, not just providers, but also like people in the background, people on the back end, like every single aspect. I really want to be able to provide a really transparent view on what real sex work actually is. And uh, yeah, I've been doing this for the past couple of years. Really, really enjoy it. And I am so excited to bring on more episodes this year for you as we are embarking on season four right now. I just also want to say a uh, shout out to Justin Erickson, a brand new patron on our Patreon page. Um, he gets a nice little shout out on this episode and future episodes uh, for becoming a patron in my third base tier. Be sure to check it out. It's patreon.com slash strip by Sia. And if you want more information, feel free to DM me or check out the page. So enough of my spiel here. I am super excited to bring on today's guest. I found on Twitter <laughs> and I was able to connect with her and her name is Felicity Azura, and she is a professional cuddler based in the Bay Area in the USA and also a stripper. And today's topic, we are talking all about professional cuddling, what it is, safety parameters. We're talking about clients. We're talking about maybe different cuddling positions, different cuddling platforms, and some challenges that Felicity goes through being a professional cuddler. So enough of me talking. Felicity, are you there? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And I am also equally excited for you to be here as well. Thank you so much for your time. I'm really excited to unpack it all when it comes to professional cuddling. But um, yes, I, I defined you as professional cuddler. You're also a stripper as well. But I'm going to flip it back to you um, so you can go ahead and define who you are and what it is you do in your own words and terms and go. My name is Felicity Azura. I am a professional cuddler. I also do in-person sex work and online sex work. I've, try I've tried a little bit of everything. I started professional cuddling when I was 19 years old. I literally was on Tinder. I matched with someone. I don't know how we started talking about this, but at some point I said, I wish I could get paid just to cuddle people. And they were like, actually, you can. And I I was I said, what? And they said, I am a professional cuddler. I'm on Cuddle Comfort. And I'm like, no way. So literally within one hour of finding out what it was, I had already created an account. And within a day of creating that account, I already had my first appointment set up for the next day. I was very, what? very rash about this. Oh my God. And I was so scared during my first appointment. I was like, what the fuck did I do? But thank goodness, 
the first person I ever professionally cuddled was a trooper. I never cuddled him again after that. But after the first one, I was like, okay, I got this down. Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Felicity, my jaw is like dropped when you just like drop that bomb. You're like, okay, so Miss Person Tinder, boom, start an account. And then boom, you had your first client. Like what? No, the professional cuddler and I never went on a date. (laughs) That's such a cool way. Oh my gosh. That's such a cool entry point to get in professional cuddling. Had you ever done any other forms of sex work prior to professional cuddling or was this your first kind of step into things? Yo, (laughs) the first time I ever escorted was the day after my very first professional cuddling appointment. And the first time I ever escorted was also the first threesome I ever had in my life. So I was just doing a lot of things without really thinking about it beforehand when I was 19 years old. And I do wish I was more educated before I just threw myself in to the in-person sex work sphere. And so that's why I do talk about professional cuddling a lot. And I have my podcast. So no one makes the same mistakes that I did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very lucky that I was able to escape a lot of the dangerous situations that I put myself in. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And I definitely want to get into that uh, later on the show once we get into more of the details, but holy crap. Oh my God. I am just like trying to absorb and digest everything you just told me. (laughs) Holy moly. Okay. So professional cuddling and then you did a bit of escorting as well, all within, I guess, uh, a couple days span or a week. Okay, did you even know what you were doing or just was just like a rash decision? You're like, I'm just going to give this a try and what the hell, let's just see what what happens. I was a freshman in college, so I did not have that much money. Mm -hmm. And I was in a really abusive workplace before I pursued sex work. I was working for my college's cafeteria Mm -hmm. and they paid me, and this is in 2017, but they paid me $10.50 an hour and that's before tax deductions so for an entire month I was working way more hours than I should have like I was really falling behind on classwork so I was overworking myself and I at the end only got paid $200 and I was not given my paycheck until literally over a month after I stopped working at the cafeteria so once I finally got that paycheck I was like fuck this, I'm just gonna do sex work because I can make $200 within one hour than, you know, the abusive workplace. Wow. Yeah, no, I hear you with that being motivated that way for sure. Like, yeah, that's pretty awful. And like, Jesus Christ, is minimum wage still like the same right now in the States? I'm sorry, I'm based in Canada. So it's like a little bit different. But that's fine. It's it's different from state to state and within states. It's oh different from city to city. Oh, what? Really? That Yeah. Well, there's yeah, it doesn't sound like there's much consistency there, but geez, like $10, that's no one can live off that ever, especially uh-huh. after elections. Like, no. Well, I'm sorry that you, you had to go through that in terms of like being in a shitty shitty workplace that's never fun and then just like your take home pays like fucking pennies, right? So um that led you to sex work and I guess you have never looked back since. Yeah, I never looked back. <laughs> I mean, I after I worked in the cafeteria, I oh my god, I worked retail 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever worked retail, but I firmly believe that working retail is even worse than working in the food industry because you don't even get food. <laughs> like you have to pay out of your own pocket for food and maybe parking if you have to pay for parking. And I, I was working retail, sex work, and I was a full-time student. That was really difficult. And then the the pandemic hit so yeah oh my gosh i'm double majoring i'm trying to get a degree in both political science and ethnic lgbt studies because my college is cool and they offer that yeah so trying to do two majors all remotely like i i hate just learning through zoom i don't want to pay ten thousand dollars a year to just watch youtube videos and yeah. you know, type on Blackboard. So I finally said enough is enough. I literally have never skipped a single semester in what, two years. So I'm just going to take a one year break because I am trying to get a degree to become a teacher. And I'm seeing how teachers, okay, teachers were treated like shit before the pandemic. And now they're really treated like shit. Like all my relatives and friends who are teachers either cut back on their hours or they just left teaching altogether because they just can't handle it and so I'm like I don't want to overwork myself to get a degree to get a job where I might die of coronavirus or some variant or something like that yeah so now I'm truly a full-time sex worker I'm not doing you know retail or food service I'm not a full-time student I'm I'm just doing sex work full-time wow without any distractions that's great. How, how has that transition been for you? Like not having to think about school, not having to think about your classes and homework and assignments and just being able to like, I can just focus on the work that I'm doing and making money. How, how is that feeling for you? Okay, well, I very recently turned 23. My birthday was December 29th. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. So um, in October of last year, I first met my boyfriend and before that, okay, so I am polyamorous. I have two boyfriends and (laughs) so I have one partner whom I've been with for two and a half years and my other partner, we've been together for, wait, is today Saturday? No, No, today's Friday. (laughs) Tomorrow officially be a hundred days with him and then like next month it'll be like a thousand days with my other partner. Wow. I like these milestones, so it's just more excuses to give them gifts. And so um, in early November, I came out to my family as polyamorous. I told my parents, I told my siblings. In fact, um, my newer partner, he has met all of my siblings and my parents. Oh, good. Like, my parents even have a foreign exchange student living in their house, and they've met, and I've tried to, like teach my partner uh, Mandarin so he can speak to the Chinese foreign exchange student. So I also came out as a sex worker to my siblings. My parents don't know, surprisingly. So my siblings know. And the siblings of my other partner knows. So one of my partners has no siblings whatsoever um another partner of mine has three older sisters and they're all married they all have kids so yeah how did that that go for you siblings and the spouses 
they know that I'm polyamorous and a sex worker. And yeah. in the, I thought a huge weight would be lifted off of my chest after I came out to everybody. Not really everyone. Almost everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, I still feel like there's a huge weight on my chest because mm-hmm. my parents don't know I'm a sex worker. Yeah. That's hard. And I mean, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. assuming that you're Asian. I'm also, I'm Filipino, yeah. so I understand where you're coming from culturally, because there is a lot of disapproval. Yeah. From- my, my newer partner is Filipino, and he comes from a country that is 99% Roman Catholic. Yep. And so that's what that's like. <laughs> Me too. Short. Both of my partner's families are Roman Catholic. Like, my other partner, he's Mexican. So, um, yeah. Very shortly after I got with my newer partner, he told his dad and his mom, who are separated, and his dad, who is white, his dad handled it pretty well. His mom, who is, I guess, a devout Roman Catholic, Mm -hmm. didn't really handle it well. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's got, like, three other Nina's, I don't know how devout they are. I'm sure, like, most Roman Catholic families, it varies amongst the siblings. Mm-hmm. But in May, I'm going to meet his mother for the very first time. His father lives on the other side of the United States, so I don't think I'm going to meet him mm-hmm. wow. for a while. Wow. That's a lot. I mean... Mm-hmm. I like I, I applaud your bravery in that it's not easy to come out as a sex worker and also I understand and can resonate with that weight that that weighs down on you when you want to reveal this information because like this is what you're doing full-time and you want to like for me I always want to like tell my mom that like hey I'm, I'm okay I'm fine but then I know she would just die if I mm-hmm. told her, because she's really crazy Roman Catholic. Like, yeah, my parents aren't religious, but they're pretty conservative. Like, mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like even if I was married, if I were to have sex not for procreation purposes, my mom would still get mad at me. Yeah. Even if I was married. And like, so both of my partners are engineers. Uh, I... And they take good care of me. And I am a domestic violence survivor. I was in an abusive relationship when I was 18. So I told my parents we tried to file a case with the police. That didn't work out. And so ever since then, I mean, my mom still wanted me to be in safe relationships before I was 18. But ever since I got out of an abusive relationship, my mom always in the back of her mind, wondered if the person I'm currently dating is abusing me. And I understand motherly instincts. Yeah. But, like, I'm polyamorous. I Having one person take care of me and make sure that I'm okay when my parents aren't around, that's great. Now Mm. I have two people taking care of me and making sure that I'm all right. But my mom, to her, it's like, oh, no, now it's, like, two people who are probably, you know, taking advantage of my baby. And it's like, man, I can't wait. (laughs) Uh, your mom is concerned for you but you know hopefully Mm -hmm. she can 
one day see that you are okay and you're you're in control here and you're in a healthy environment now. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I hope one day maybe you'll be able to share with them that you're a sex worker because mm-hmm. it would be, it'd be so nice. Yeah, even for me, I'd love to have the conversation with my mom one day. But um, yeah, that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. Though. But I wanted to kind of get into, um, I guess, professional cuddling because that what right. that is what the bulk of the episode is today. So let's first start off with like, what is professional cuddling? Is it really just what the title entails? just cuddling and you get paid for it or is there more to it than that so i think it's pretty common for clients of professional cuddlers to also take them to the movies take them to a restaurant Mm. and just pay them for their time Mm -hmm. and i know people say oh that then you're a, comp- you're a companion if that's what you do. I don't ID myself as a companion. I'm just like, hey, it's normal to get paid to cuddle people. And if those people who cuddle me also want to take me to the movies right afterwards, that that's, that's totally fine with me. I'm not someone who's against um, paid dates. Mm-hmm. I... Okay, only one time, only one time in my entire career of professional cuddling have I been to a location and then my parents and my younger sibling walked in. What? And my clientele, and I think a majority of the clientele within pro cuddling are like white men, maybe South Asian men who are like twice the age of whoever they're cuddling. I was very lucky in that the person I was with at the time he was in his 20s, so he looked like someone I would just go on a civilian date with. Yeah, it would look, it would perceive as quote-unquote normal. And so I was like, to make this less awkward, I'm going to call my family over. And we're just, okay, so we were at this one Asian dessert place, right? Okay. My mom loves this Asian dessert place, so I did kind of have this suspicion that they would walk in. So I I uh, call them over and, and I'm like, let's just all talk. <laughs> let's just talk. Like he was in the middle of writing a textbook and he and I are no longer seeing each other mm-hmm. partly because his work it just keeps him so busy. Like I'm sure writing a textbook is very difficult. Yeah. Um, so he would just talk to my parents about this computer science textbook that he recently got a grant to write. And, and at first, and even in my civilian dating life, I've never had my family walk in on me at a restaurant, just going on a date. And so I had no idea what to expect. <laughs> I, my mom was like, Oh no, 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 no. My baby is on a date I'm not gonna talk to her whatsoever she just got a table all by herself and I was like oh no my mom looks so lonely I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that to my mom let's just all eat dessert together that's so sweet and also really freaking funny <laughs> like, like what are the chances of that happening but I guess the chances were kind of high 
craziness. Wow. Okay. So yeah, there's, there, there can be a lot, a lot of things that, that can happen before or after a session. So I guess, um, probably drawing some parallels, um, with, well, at least with my experience with like sugar dating and stuff and Uh being a sugar baby. Yeah. Like meals and stuff before, um, or drinks after would be like kind of attached with that early. That's at least what I negotiated and we were okay with that. So, so that's, that's also can be part of that. That's really, really cool. Um, I guess, how long are each session or is that like something for you to negotiate? Is there a minimum spend or like what's the average or drawing on your own personal experience? I don't think anyone. Okay. I shouldn't say that, but I don't think I've seen anyone ever offer less than an hour. I know escorts will do half hours. And I recently found out that some of them do 15 minute blocks. And I was like, what? Wow. Okay. Well, mainly with professional cuddlers, it's one hour minimum. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for every maybe 50 or 70 one hour pro cuddling appointments, I get a two hour appointment, I very, very often just get the one hours, mm-hmm. which is fine with me. Mm, okay. And like, where does this happen? Is it is it like similar to escorting where there's an in-call, out-call uh, location that you have? Or do you go out to your client's place? Or like, how does that work in that aspect? So I have never given a client my home address especially when I lived with my parents. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I have actually considered maybe this year is the year that I get an apartment. Mm-hmm. You know, not the one that I live in right now, but another apartment just for in-calls. Yeah. And I have, okay, believe it or not, I'm 23 years old. I've been on a decent amount of vacations in my life. I still have never rented a hotel room in my life. Oh, yeah, and I mainly cuddle people in hot tub spas. I have never, ever bought the hot tub spa reservation myself. I've always had the clients yeah. pay for the hotel room or they'll pay for the hot tub spa for one hour. I've cuddled people in Airbnbs like maybe three times in my entire life. Mm-hmm. So I would rent out the Airbnb, but I would have the first client that I cuddle there also pay for you know pay me back for the airbnb right and i know there are pros and cons i have an entire episode on pro cuddle hustle about in calls versus out calls versus both and i do think that a hot tub spa or a hotel room that's neutral territory it's not someone going to another person's house but I think with professional cuddling a lot of people are like "Ooh, ooh, hotel room that kind of sounds like we're gonna have sex so some people are cool with the hotel rooms other people are like no I don't really like that I mean I'm very open about being a sex worker Mm -hmm. to my cuddle clients like after I cuddled one person, I was like, "Hey, you want to cuddle each other again? Let's let's do it in a BDSM dungeon." And he was like, uh, "I don't, I don't really want to do that. That sounds a bit inappropriate." But I have had cuddle clients be like, 
sure. I, I've never been to a BDSM dungeon. I would love to go with you. That's awesome. So, yeah. That's cool. And like, and that's really cool that they're like, well, at least, yeah, they're like receptive of the, the line of work that you do. Like on that line, on that, yeah, I guess along those lines, would you consider professional cuddling as a form of sex work? Um, I obviously, for me, because you're on the show and this is my show, I I believe that it is a form of sex work, but I know that some people may disagree with that because there's no inherent, uh, like, there's no penetration and stuff like that. But, like, for me, I, I view professional cuddling as something that's inherently very intimate. And there's, there is something about that that I feel like it would, um, I don't know, fall under, I don't want to, categorize it but like to me it seems like a form of sex work in my opinion but what's your take on that I would say yes it is like I okay I know this sounds like I'm going off track but I personally don't do well with solo therapy like to me it just seems so bizarre to just like pay a complete stranger to like hear you talk about all the things going wrong in your life and for that person to just not or okay this is my experience for the therapist to just not really make facial expressions not really to have inflection in their voice and to not you know hug you after seeing you cry for an hour straight like to me that's just bonkers and with professional cuddling I don't think it's synonymous with therapy but it to me it makes sense like even when I'm not getting paid to, you know, embrace people, to me, it just makes sense when someone is opening up to me, especially if they're, if I am the first person to ever hear something in their life, it, to me, it just makes sense. Like there's, there's, there's this human response to just hug them. Yeah. And as a professional cuddler, I've had so many people tell me things that they've never told their significant other, never told their parents, never told their best friend or mentor. They've, you know, first time we meet, they really trust me. And it just makes, it, it makes sense. I don't know if it makes sense to you, but it makes sense to me to just like hold someone if, okay, people don't really cry when we're cuddling, but <laughs> it makes sense to me to just hold them if yeah. they're being vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned like something really important there that it's very, uh, very human to re react that way and to provide comfort to them in that aspect. And really, really important, like the aspect of uh, human touch and how powerful that can be. In a session, um, did you want to speak a little bit about human touch? If you have anything to share about that, <laughs> I don't want to say it's difficult to have conversations about professional cuddling. When I think just having conversations about cuddling, it's I don't often hear people have conversations just about vanilla cuddling, like. Mm -hmm. I've gotten the, so what cuddle positions do you do all the time? And it's like, we have a hard time coming up with questions other than, do you ever cuddle people who smell bad? And it's, and I just, like, I don't get along with every client I meet, but I don't want 
the first things that come to people's minds when I tell them about this is like, oh, do you ever cuddle people who are fat? Do you ever cuddle people who like have trouble getting laid? And it's like, I don't want to paint all people who seek cuddles in a bad light. Yeah. Whether you want it, you know, with a professional or not, I don't, it's just, I don't know how it is in other countries, but especially in America. And you might, you might say it's the same in Canada. A lot of people are like, I don't see why you would cuddle someone if it's not foreplay. Oh. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. yeah. And it sucks to hear a lot of people, and I mainly hear this from women, a lot of women say stuff like, man, I really want to go over to the person I'm dating's house and just like cuddle and watch a movie. But I think a lot of men assume that if a girl comes over to cuddle and watch a movie that she's expecting some kind of intercourse to follow and so a lot of women are like I guess I just won't cuddle anyone until I feel comfortable enough to have sex with them but for a lot of people they don't want sex they just want to cuddle they just want to embrace like it doesn't mean that I want sex like and I don't know where that came from or maybe that's just like how us North Americans were just kind of like raised by society. It's like, okay, well, this is um, a step. This is like a step into foreplay and this is um, a pre-step to go into sex. That's really interesting. I never really thought about it from that perspective. But yeah, I mean, if we're hearing this from so many people, then it's definitely very telling. Man, sex has been so taboo in North America for centuries. And I guess like the late stages of a continent that has been so like anti-sex, but also like sex sells is that now talking about cuddling is kind of like, why would I ever have a conversation about cuddling? Right. Right. But I think it's important that we have these conversations mm-hmm. because like to me, it's like, this is something that I was curious about. And this is something I heard about years ago because I think someone launched a cuddling company like a few years ago in Victoria, which is like mm-hmm. the capital of BC. But um, yeah, it was just something like, oh, that's really, really interesting. And that's something I've never heard of. And and then I found you. So <laughs> I was like, oh, this is great. I could, I could ask her some questions and just just kind of like, it just really piqued my curiosity. Um, I know that we, before we pressed record, <laughs> you also mentioned something about um, body work and how uh, a lot of professional cutlers are also involved with other forms of body work mm-hmm. too. Do you want to touch a bit on that? Yeah, I am not an expert on body work, but I, th- I hope I get this right. I think body work is like, therapeutic healing first and maybe like help with sex afterwards whereas sex work is mainly you're selling a fantasy and you're not really I mean I think it's therapeutic to go to a strip club but it's like selling a fantasy first and maybe everything else second so a lot of professional cuddlers do sex work they're not going to be open about it (laughs) But I think these cuddle companies are more okay with their providers being open about being body workers because it's because I guess being a sex therapist is not 
the same thing as like taking off your clothes and dancing provocatively for dollar bills. Um, But it just, but I have heard stories about, I forget the name of this one provider, but there's this one really well-known company that has kicked off a provider from their website for suggesting in the middle of a session with a client, hey, maybe a professional cuddler is not what you need right now. Maybe you need a surrogate partner. And then they they kicked her off of the website. Like she's been on their website for a long time and she uploaded a YouTube video. I watched it and I felt so bad for her because wow. I also have had cuddle clients and they would try to Okay, I personally think there's nothing wrong with solicitation. Like, I respect mm-hmm. the hustle, but I've had some, and I myself do other things like domination, but yeah. I've had some clients in the middle of a cuddle session be like, hey, can you slap my face? And I'm like, what? And they're like, can you slap my face? I'm like, I mean, I physically can. And they would yeah. be like, okay, I want you to spank me right now. And I'm a dominatrix. I'm I don't have as many years under my belt as I do with professional cuddling, but Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, I think you need a dominatrix. And if BDSM is something you want to do, it's extremely crucial that you negotiate these things beforehand. You don't just spring this up on someone in the middle of cuddling. Yeah. not So I, I strongly believe that cuddle companies should not punish their providers. If in the middle of a session, they're like, Hey, I think a pro cuddler is not what you need right now. I think you need a different kind of provider. Right. Have you ever had any pushback with clients that have like sprung shit like that (laughs) on you mid session? Oh yeah. I've had clients ask me for, for, for full service, which Mm -hmm. I no longer do. I haven't done full service since what? 2019. Yeah, that's really, like, for me, that was, like, one of the first things that came to mind, too, was just talking about, like, when I think of cuddling, I think of scenarios that that I get scared of, like, you know, if clients are going to try to try something else, you know? Um, I was wondering if we wanted to maybe transition into the topic of safety and establishing boundaries, like... Because we, we're, we're kind of going that direction anyway. So let's go there. So I think professional cuddlers and escorts have a lot to learn from each other. When oh, yeah. I started out as a sex worker and professional cuddler, I did not have any friends, pro cuddler, sex worker, any of that. And it wasn't until I joined sex worker Twitter did yeah. I learn so much. Like... When I was a professional cuddler, so I did offer overnight stays. I was charging so little money for overnight stays. And then, well, now I know of some escorts charging like $4,000 a night for an overnight stay. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What? Um, Like to me, just if you told 19-year-old me that... I could make over a thousand dollars for for an overnight stay. I would not have believed you, and yeah. so with safety, like 
I, if you're not doing an overnight stay, I highly suggest not falling asleep while cuddling, because <laughs> unfortunately, there are some people who will try to penetrate you if you fall asleep during a cuddle session, and, right. like, I mainly used rideshares to get to appointments between the ages of 19 and 20, and okay. I was so terrified I was like, what if I get a car and then I park outside a client's house and they figure out my license plate number. And then from that, they figure out my legal name and all that jazz. And then I was talking about this to one of my civilian friends. And he was like, how about after you get a car, you still use rideshare? Like you park your car like somewhat close, maybe a short walking distance away from their house. But you take, you know, like a $10 Uber from there to the house and I think that's a good idea I've never done that but there have been very awkward days where uh I would see a client in their house and they thought that their entire family had left but turns out one of their children was still there and oh. <laughs> <like they> would, <laughs> there are a decent amount of clients who will tell their partner that they're seeing professional cuddlers, but they're not going to tell their child, even if their child is over 18. So yeah, there was one day where I was waiting for my Uber and I was just standing in front of the driveway and then his daughter came out and she was close to my age. And then I did my best to not make eye contact because, well, he told me he, he swore that he thought everyone in his house had left, but apparently not. (laughs) <laughs> so you pick your battles whether you use rideshare whether you use public transit whether you, you use a car um totally what about like establishing your boundaries and stuff too like and what happens when those boundaries get crossed during the session i'm not gonna lie after my one year hiatus because in 2020 i did not cuddle anyone um so after I got vaccinated this year, or in 2021, I I was I was very rusty, and I remember my first few cuddle sessions after my hiatus. I would wear a sports bra and a lot of layers underneath because I'm like, they can't molest me if I'm wearing a lot of layers, right? Um, wow. Yeah, I, I was proven wrong very quickly. Um, and it it sucks because I have very, very bleak opinions on sexual assault since I've endured so much. Like, I've endured more sexual assaults through professional cuddling than I have escorting. Oh, my God. And... And whenever people say stuff like professional cuddlers are not sex workers and I'm like okay can we just please put this labels conversation to bed because the real conversation we should be having is how do we help the the professional cuddlers and sex workers who are being sexually assaulted right we could have conversations about labels all day but whether or not you think that pro cuddlers are sex workers Pro-cuddlers are getting sexually assaulted every year. And we don't have our own specific 
or at least to my knowledge, <laughs> we don't have our own specific client blacklist. And the cuddle websites, or at least the ones I've used, they don't have a global blacklist feature. So the most I've done is when I was 19, I created a Google Doc. And at the time, I did not screen, I did not do verifications. So literally, after I would have a cuddle with someone who deserves to be on a blacklist, I would just put a bullet point and just put their URL on Cuddle Comfort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I, I do verification and screening right now. Every once in a while, I'll take a deposit. Um, yeah, I normally don't take deposits for anything that's more than a month away. And I when I was 19, I created a messenger group chat and I also created a group me group chat. So oh, awesome. I contacted all the other professional cuddlers in the Bay area who are, who were on cuddle comfort. And I was like, Hey, I don't know if you use messenger. I don't know if you use group me, but if you do, I would love it if you were to join this group chat and it was a mess. <laughs> Um, the group me group chat went nowhere because literally only one person joined and we just never posted anything in there. The messenger one, we did post. There was more than, I think the most that group chat had was five or maybe four people. And yeah, most professional cuddlers are in the business for two months. Oh, and then they're out. They're like, oh, no, we're not doing this anymore. Peace. Yeah, so... Why do you think that is? Is it because like they like, well, I don't know. What are your observations? There's just so few resources. Like mm. I wish there was a podcast or an audio book or a YouTube channel or a blog or just something about professional cuddling when I started. And yeah. a lot of websites portray professional cuddling as a side hustle like it's easy money low effort but it's not especially if you were in my shoes I did not have a car my parents had no idea where I was going every time I went out for a professional cuddle I did not have friends whom I would text like hey I'm about to go see someone here's their full name this is the address if I'm if you don't hear back from me by this time call this number like I didn't have I didn't have any of that. And even if I did live in my own house, had my own car, and had a friend whom I would tell all the screening verification info to before and after, it's just the burnout is real when I started out, I was only charging $65 an hour. And most people I think in the San Francisco Bay Area charge 80 bucks an hour. And eventually I worked my way up. I charge triple digits now. And it's nice how I don't ever pay for the hotel rooms or the hot tub spas that I cuddle people in. Mm-hmm. But the traveling, man, it eats up so much time. Here in the Bay Area, yeah. it doesn't matter if you're using public transit or if you have a car. The commute is so it's so congested. It is so congested. And so I really applaud the sex workers. Like I know of escorts who will see like four clients within the span of three and a half hours. And I'm like, I don't know how you do this. Wow. Because 
With pro cuddling, I can't see more than one client in one day. There have been days where I would try to squeeze in two and I would space them out, you know, hours and hours apart, but it would just be too much on me emotionally. Like the first time I ever had two cuddle appointments in one day, I did not calculate very well. <laughs> the first appointment, I was 40 minutes late. And then the next appointment, I was three hours early. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know why I still did, tried to squeeze in two appointments in the same day after that, but after you do that <laughs> enough times, you're like, I, I'm only going to take one cuddle appointment in one day. I don't host within my house. I can't. I just can't. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that. Like, it's, and I'm really sorry that there's not, there's just not a lot of resources out there uh right now like i'm hoping that that will change and hopefully with the show coming out as well like hopefully there will be more people interested in this space but you mentioned uh, different websites too and platforms mm-hmm. um, did you want to go into that because i know yeah. it's like cuddle there's like I... cuddle.com and okay yeah go off i don't know how to categorize i guess because there's like this one website called cuddle party and i know they're not the only website who hosts group cuddles but they're the most well-known one i think the website launched in like what 2009s a long time ago um in comparison to many other companies that started up in like 2013 um so i have never done group cuddles and i would love to join cuddle party they have physical locations all throughout the United States like before the pandemic I mean okay in my mind this makes sense I know a lot of people try to keep you know sexuality and cuddling separate but I'm a sex worker and a pro cuddler this analogy makes sense to me so in dungeons when there are BDSM parties you have like different rooms and you have dungeon monitors, oftentimes they're volunteers, and they would supervise everyone doing whatever their hearts desired. And that was great, because they're like, I guess the strip club security equivalent. And then with cuddle parties, there would be professional cuddlers, I guess. Or, okay, being a professional cuddler and being a cuddle party, facilitator is different but i would imagine that a lot of the people who monitor cuddle parties are also providers themselves like i would i would love to be a dungeon monitor and a cuddle party monitor and make sure that everyone like has a clear understanding of consent and everyone's respectful and no one's you know like secretly recording anyone um Mm -hmm. but yeah i think a good way to categorize cuddle websites are the overly goddamn expensive ones and then the ones that aren't <laughs> ridiculously okay. expensive. Because they're, I swear, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but there are some that are so expensive to join. I feel like I would have to sell a kidney <laughs> to join because there are, there are platforms where they're like, every single provider has to get a certification and well, how I feel about professional cuddler certifications is exactly how I feel 
about um, you know how pole studios make okay some of them make strippers complete the certification in order to become a teacher there which is bullshit <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah I feel oh, wow. the exact same way it's like I don't think a lot of you know survival sex workers turn to pro cuddling mm, okay to make an income but I was in that desperate situation when I was 19 and it's just regardless of if someone is desperate for money just charging people thousands of dollars and forcing them to spend hours of their lives reading you know novels of pdfs and just i think that's ridiculous because you don't need to know um like you don't need to have a degree in human anatomy to be a pro cuddler you don't you don't need any of that bullshit. What you really yeah. need to know is safety. And these yeah. cuddle websites that are making you pay out of the ass just to join, they're... I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, oh, if you get sexually assaulted, call the police. Because, like, oh my God. I mean, I do like cuddling people in hotel rooms, but mm-hmm. I still feel like the, the front desk people... You know, they have eyes like a hawk. They're like, oh, this person is probably an escort. I should probably, you know, check their trash cans after they leave for used condoms. I should, you know, look at the IDs to see if they have the same last name. Because why sh- Why would this married man be cuddling someone who doesn't have the same last name as them? And it's just... Mm-hmm. Like, even if you don't get sexually assaulted, like, you can have an absolute angel of a customer yeah. at a hotel room. And you could still, you know, be targeted by hotel workers. I don't think yeah. a lot of cuddle platforms think about that. I mean, the first website I joined, Cuddle Comfort, they had yeah. some moderators. But at the time, I think all of them were clients. They had no moderators who were pro-cuddlers themselves. And that just created this unhealthy dynamic. Yeah. And so... I switched over to this other company, which went under last oh, summer, no. but it was called yeah. Cuddle Connect. And at the very least, one of their moderators was a woman, and she was, to my recollection, a pro cuddler. So I was like, this is great. But <laughs> the day before they went under, that female moderator private messaged me and was like, hey, there is something in your bio that we do not want on our website and it's not like i was advertising uh my strip club or uh, mini vids or any of that it was just my official website yeah but on my official website i do talk about the online sex work that i do right and so she told me to remove that and well the, the site went under literally the next day so I'm not too hurt by that. I am hurt that I had to pay, like, what, $5 a month, $10 a month? I don't remember. But I had to pay money every single month to be a a provider on Cuddle Connect. And then when they went under, I was only refunded a very, very minimal amount. What? Like, the bare minimum amount. I was refunded, like, five bucks. And That's awful. Yeah, and I recently signed up for this one website, I'm going to reapply probably, Um, but they're called Cuddle Companions and they're like, okay, what is your name? Um, 
write a brief summary about yourself and then we'll get back to you in maybe 72 hours. I got an email back, but they were like, uh, there was something in your bio that we don't want on our website. And it, it was, I don't talk about like mini vids or just for fans or any of that on my pro cuddling platforms. I include my podcast. I include my official website and yeah. Yeah, and I guess these people will, you know, go onto the website and then click around and find out that I'm a sex worker, but it sucks how I'm being silenced just for being open about online sex work. Because there's a lot of sex-positive cuddle clients out there. A lot of people who have never booked a provider think, oh, if you pay someone to cuddle you, you must be asexual. You must, like, never look at porn. And in my personal experience, I've had regular cuddle clients visit me in the strip club. They've thrown money on me. They've bought lap dances from my friends. And... There's just a lot of sex-positive pro-cuddlers and cuddle clients out there. I wish we didn't have to portray ourselves to be so sex-negative in order to, like, gain acceptance. Yeah, absolutely. And it really goes the other way, too, when it comes to how we treat clients and how we view our clients. Because, like... It goes for so many things with sex. I'm just talking about clients as a, like, just, just in general. And as you mentioned, like, the way we view clients or where the society views clients, like, oh, these people must be desperate. They can't get a girlfriend. They can't get laid. They can't get any of this. They're recluse and all this stuff. And I think we really need to stop that way of thinking as well because it's just as dangerous and detrimental to just sex work as a whole because these are human beings as well. And without the clients, like, we wouldn't really exist. Yeah. <laughs> Our work wouldn't exist, right? So, um this is really, really super eye-opening and like so fascinating just because I have never done an episode on this before and I feel like we could just go on and on forever. <laughs> There's so many questions here. Um, but I know you wanted to also speak about um, being a social media manager and like having an assistant helping with your presence online and how there is a lack of presence online for pro cuddlers. Mm-hmm. I think if you're a pro cuddler who doesn't ID as a sex worker, I totally respect that. But I think there needs to be more solidarity between Mm -hmm. pro cuddlers and sex workers. I'm not saying that pro cuddlers should take up leadership positions at grassroots organizations. But like (laughs) attending some of the meetings, you will learn things that you didn't even realize you needed to learn. Like... what a deposit is what screening is because here in america i don't know about other countries but a lot of escorts in america will require screening require deposits i feel like i'm the only professional cuddler who does that and that should be the norm yeah no kidding i mean if you don't want to accept deposits that's fine but at least do a background check. Um, I wanted to be a sugar baby when I was 18. And this was before Tumblr had its like sex purge. So there were, there was a gold mine of safety information on the sugar baby side of Tumblr. And so that 
prepared me for professional cuddling because those blogs would teach me stuff like, oh, you don't have to tell your clients that you're doing background checks on them. Right. Right. But even if you don't tell them, you should still, you know, look them up on Facebook, look them up on LinkedIn, look them up on, I don't know, Yelp. (laughs) I've actually had a, okay, like on the Sugar Baby blogs, they would say things like, when you set up when you set up a profile do not use photos of yourself that are on other websites because reverse image search is a thing and um i remember one day on cuddle comfort i was like eh i have like four photos of my face but i want to include this one really cute photo of my face it is on my yelp account with my personal name but you know i don't think anyone's going to reverse image search someone reverse image searched me Okay. Found my Yelp account. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I'm not an active Yelp reviewer, but literally to when I was on my way to that cuddle appointment with that regular, I was like, I am so excited to cuddle this person. Like I feel comfortable enough to tell him my real name. And so I was literally on my way to the appointment, so excited to tell him my real name. And then on when I get there, he tells me that he reverse image searched me and found my Yelp account and found out my real name. And he's not the only person who's done something like that. Yeah. Like I had this one cuddle regular and I told him, okay, I feel so sorry for all the sugar baby blogs out there, but I pretty much violated everything that they told me. Cause I was like, well, this is cuddling. This is cuddling. <laughs> it's not the same thing as sugaring. Like one of the, pieces of advice that I would read on these Tumblr blogs was do not tell these people where you go to school. Yeah. Always pick a different one. But with yeah. Cuddle Regular, I was like, oh, well, we, we know each other well. I'll, I'll tell them what college I go to. And so he went on to the university's social media and found a photo of me and it had my real name attached to it. And then he told me, hey, I just want to let you know that I was scrolling through the social media for your university and now I know your real name. Oh my god. Yeah. Fuck, fuck, fuck is what I'm thinking. I'm just like, oh You gotta be really careful with what you tell these people. Yeah, and what you put online too. And also mm-hmm. just like and I've said it before, just being careful with your images and videos that you put out there, strip your metadata off that shit because people can find you and people will do those searches. Mm-hmm. You think they're not going to, but they will. So yeah 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 jesus christ i mean thank you for bringing all that stuff up and like these are thanks for bringing up your personal stories too because it just gives so much context and weight to it um yeah okay well there's so much that oh my god there's still so much i want to ask and stuff too but we can kind of go over that with the questions that people have asked from the audience so why don't we move over into that area okay um yeah, so some questions here. The first one is, I guess, if you want to just quickly recap, um, this person is asking, what is professional cuddling? How would you define it in, like, a really quick elevator pitch? <laughs> it's paid cuddling, and I want to heavily emphasize that just because something is non-sexual, that doesn't mean it's okay for children to do it. 
you mm-hmm. really yeah. should be at least 18 years of age to book a provider or to become a provider yourself. And unfortunately, a lot of these cuddle websites, they don't age verify their users. Maybe they'll age verify their providers, but not the clients. And that sucks because I've literally had, you know, 16 year olds message me and be like, hey, I turned 17 in a week. Can you cuddle me? And I'm like, no, you should be paying attention to your homework and like applying to college and stuff like that. Never message me again. But a lot of people think that if something is non-sexual, it's okay for children to do it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like a lot of no. BDSM is non-sexual, but that doesn't mean children should be doing. Like God forbid yeah. children doing it with, you know, people over the age of 18. Uh, cringe, 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 cringe to that. But yeah, thank you for, for saying that because I, I feel like sometimes we don't talk about that. And actually, I remember something that I was going to say to you earlier about the websites and like why they were asked, like maybe an observation as to why they were asking you to take your website off. I think it is to do with like FOSSA-SESTA mm-hmm. because you don't want to be held liable for, hey, this, we might get taken down because this person is advertising. Yeah, but if they really care about that kind of stuff, they should also age verify their clients. Yes, yes. That's really weird then one-sided that they only do it for the cuddlers. Yeah, and it's mainly just the providers paying to keep their profile active. I don't know of any cuddle websites where the clients have to pay to keep their account active, which sucks. Yeah. That's really bizarre. And I know we talked about this too earlier before recording, but like you kind of compared um, professional cuddling websites or at least like, yeah, I guess professional cuddling web- websites similar to like panty selling websites. Would you oh. say that they're kind of similarly? Okay. Or? Actually, I was thinking about how uh, the website I'm currently on, Cuddle Up, I swear, I, I feel like the CEO of Cuddle Up is also the CEO of Seeking Arrangements because they look oh. so, like, uncannily similar. Like, there's this button for the clients that's, like, request private photos. I'm sure you've been on Seeking Arrangements, and it's so annoying when you're like, oh my gosh, I have, like, 10 unread messages. And then you open it, you open up your inbox, and it's all just requests to see private photos it's not what a cuddle website should be i remember that and i'm on this website now too enjoy a non-sexual cuddle today oh my gosh i'm gonna have to look at this later (sighs) movies chill go for bike ride go for dinner okay this is funny um i will look at that later with panty selling websites i'm only on one i've never used anything besides scented pansy but a big reason why i joined it is because the providers can message the buyers. There are some panty selling websites where the buyers can only message the sellers first, which is ridiculous. And a lot of the clients I get for pro cuddling, I message them first. Yeah. And so I guess if the person listening to this is considering joining a website, join one where you can message the clients first. Do not yeah, you can- join a website where you have to wait for the clients to message yeah. you first. So you can make so many more sales that way yeah. if you reach out first. So FYI, um, have you had or heard of any unique cuddle positions? Well, I am 
only 99 pounds. Most of the people I cuddle weigh more than me. So there are a lot of positions that I am able to do where I think if it was the other way around, if I weighed more than the client, then we wouldn't be able to do it. Like a lot of dudes enjoy cuddling me like a baby. They'll just cradle me. me. (laughs) That's really sweet. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool, cool. Is there a demand for this service? There was a demand before Corona. After mm. everyone had to shelter in place, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty sure the demand skyrocketed, but a lot of companies, like I think Snuggle Salon and Cuddle Connect, they went under. Mm. Um, so that sucks because I'm pretty sure a lot of people started craving cuddles totally after 2020 and but there's less websites where you can find someone to cuddle you wow so there's a huge gap for that because like yeah as you mentioned like 2020 obviously like we're <laughs> the pandemic like the act of human touch has gone away mm-hmm. during that time and even during this time too with, with omicron um, raging oh, no. right now. Um, there is something that I have yet to mention, but there are a decent okay. amount of sites. Cuddle Connect did this, and I know that Cuddle Comfort does this, where for finding cuddle buddies, there's the people who will cuddle you for free, and then there's like the professional cuddlers. And you might wonder, well, why should I join a website if the clients could say, well, there are other people who will cuddle me for free. Why should I pay you? But from what I've seen, a lot of the female accounts on those websites, and they're not providers, they're inactive. And so a lot of people seeking a woman to cuddle them are like, well, if the only way I can get a woman on this website to cuddle me is to book a provider, then I'm going to do it. Mm. Wow, that's a really interesting point. Mm-hmm. Really, really interesting point. Thanks for bringing that up. I'm glad you didn't forget that. Um, I guess we'll go into the last couple questions here. Do many clients mid-cuddle suddenly want full service or other forms of intimacy? I know we kind of mentioned that um, earlier, and that kind of goes with the last question too in terms of like, does anyone ever get a boner mid Yeah, I get the boner question a lot. Um, yeah, you do. <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea to talk about your boner to a professional cuddler you've never met. Um, Yeah. It's just when you send your first message to a professional cuddler, it should go something like, hi, my name is so-and-such and I would like to cuddle you. Do you have any free time? And then maybe next week. Um, there are people who are very reluctant to book a professional cuddler because they're afraid that, I guess, the provider will just walk out if they become erect. And if you're insecure about that, please don't make your first message. Hey, I am considering booking you. You kind of have to persuade me. Like, what are you going to do if I get a boner? That's, that's nasty. Um, yeah, There's nothing wrong with having erections, I guess. I... I understand it's a biological response but Mm -hmm. I think okay I'm all for communication but I do think talking about it does make it more awkward 
Um, mm-hmm. If I cuddle someone and they have an erection, if they were to say, well, there goes Johnny again, just <laughs> like that makes it more awkward. Maybe if you say yeah. it like that, I'll laugh. But, um, <laughs> Wow, that's like a huge smile on my face. I, okay, as a child, I thought that every person with a penis would give their penis a name. So I gave my boobs names. I, ne- I never gave my vagina a name, but I was like, well, if the guys can do that, I'm going to name my boobs. This one's Miriam, this one's Wolf. But now I'm an adult and I ask people, hey, what's your dick's name? They're like, I don't give my name a dick. I'm like, what? <laughs> Um, like, do you give your vagina a name? Like, no, but my boobs have a name. <laughs> well, I guess like on on this on this like line as well. Um, and we didn't really go into it. Um, but can you quickly go over like customer etiquette and hygiene? Yeah, um, I would imagine it's like really similar to like full service work. A lot of okay, I shouldn't say a lot, but I have had people bring an extra pair of clothes. I don't force people to take a shower in front of me at the beginning of every cuddle mm-hmm. session, but I do appreciate it when they're like, hey, I just to let you know, I'm going to see you directly after work, so I'm going to bring an extra pair of clothes to change into. And I really appreciate that. Because I became a, a professional cuddler, I have not worn jeans in like four years because jeans are not comfortable no. <laughs> and so yeah wear sweats um don't be insecure about your penis i would rather you cuddle me wearing sweatpants than denim because that is very uncomfortable um especially <laughs> if you're putting your body weight on me um mm-hmm. yeah uh I'm sure there are professional cuddlers who don't mind, like, taking off their outer layers and just cuddling in their undergarments. Um, But don't ask us to just show up in a bra and underwear. Um, Yeah. No. There are some providers who are okay with outfit requests, but I have a very hard time believing that someone would request a specific outfit a specific outfit from me and not have plans to sexually yes. assault me yep 100 percent mm-hmm. foreshadowing and that's a, like a red flag right there yeah yeah well great advice great tips thank you so much for that and i, I still feel like i have so many more things to discuss with you um on this but our hour is up, and I don't want to take more of your day. Um, but before I let you go, where can we find you? Ooh, I am on a lot of websites. Um, Name it, girl. <laughs> no, Name I them all. literally started a Pornhub and an X videos account less than a week ago just to post comedic videos. So <laughs> I'm not trying to plug my Pornhub, but I am currently on Cuddle Up. My username over there is Felicity A. But most people just text me to book an appointment. You don't have to message me through their system because, honestly, that website is sketchy. Um, my <laughs> official website is felicityazara.com. I do have a link tree for my podcast. I also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and a Twitter for Pro Cuddle Hustle. Um, 
I do have a Patreon for my podcast as well, but my username on Patreon is Felicity Azaro. And Mm -hmm. the links for all of these things will be in the show notes. Yes, they will be in the show notes. Exactly. And don't forget to listen and subscribe to Felicity's podcast, Pro Cuddle Hustle, if you want to listen more and find out more about the cuddling um, corner in sex work. But for now, new episodes every single Sunday. Don't forget to like, rate, share, review, and subscribe. Spotify now has reviews. So don't forget to rate me five stars and write a nice little review. I read them all and would love to hear your feedback on the show. Once again, join my Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strip by Sia. Also, it's strip by Sia on Twitter, on Instagram. Also, my personal one is Sia Steph. And that is all for today. Felicity, thank you so much for joining me today. I super appreciate you and I super appreciate the conversation we had today. Thanks for educating my audience on the world of professional cuddling you're very welcome thank you again bye bye you're listening to stripped by sia hosted produced and edited by steph sia music by ted d graphic design by maria bellandarama and photography by ian gavern